<laughs> One time he I did that. I just know some amateur, like, hobbyist type. Yeah. That's sometimes better. You think it, will he do it for exposure? No. <laughs> no. No, I will. I will. People die from it. Would be, it would be your honor to join us at this thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, welcome to No Room for Phonies. Are you rolling? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, exactly. Okay, welcome to No Room for Phonies, episode 17, Cocktails and Conversation with Wendy and Paul, Zach, and Charles and Sebastian, all Thanks. here having cocktails and conversation. So first of all, you have to all say, all tell us about what you're drinking. I'll begin. I'm having a Negroni. You have to say Cheers. how to make it. Oh, one ounce <laughs> each of sweet vermouth, uh, gin, yep. and Campari. <laughs> I already forgot what was in it. Haven't you prepared? I've, I, and then you mix it or shake it, but and then you're supposed to have also a, an orange rind in it, but I didn't bother. Well, then it's not the full. Oh, do we toast yet, or after no, everybody no, says? No, we can toast after. Okay, so don't finish it yet. Oh, there's lots there, and three ounces is gonna put me under the table. So that's good. If we're not drinking our actual preferred cocktail, can we? Also you describe, just describe it. Okay, so right now I am drinking an Inniskillen Meritage from the beautiful Niagara Peninsula. It is a, according to the back, Canada's original estate winery, crafting award-winning wines for over 40 years. Well, I'm even, we're, I'm drinking a Peller Estates dry red from a box. How do you like that? So then uh, I, I, what are your favorite? You get your face in the box. When I went to the wine store, they offered me the box, but I took the 1.5 liter bottle instead because it fit in my backpack. Uh, <laughs> but what is your favorite cocktail, Zachary? If you could get to oh, the liquor store, my favorite cocktail. If I could get to the liquor store and wanted to stand in a social distance line to get in, would just be a classic gin martini with uh, four parts gin to one part vermouth and a good dose of olive juice. Nice. And the more you mix your gin and the more gin and vermouth you have, the more olive juice you can have. It's fun fact, it is the only socially acceptable time you can drink olive juice. <laughs> uh, I don't think so. I don't think there is a time that's socially acceptable to drink olive juice. That's just my. No, in your you yeah, can. You can have what? it dirty. Yeah, dirty. I would really mix like with to remove. check that tweet. That that's the only time you can. It's socially acceptable to drink olive juice. Which Are you is... the fact checker? <laughs> <laughs> my favorite drink actually used to be a Manhattan. I haven't. Why well, used to be? Well, because I used to drink them by the pitcher full, and <laughs> I can't do that anymore. <laughs> at the um, what's that really fancy hotel in Toronto? The Royal York. At the Royal York in the bar. 
And we, would, and we sang karaoke. This was pre-Charles. Pre-Charles. I was going to say. Pre-Charles. Most BC, BC, before Charles. Yes, yeah. before, <laughs> before Charles. All right, somebody else's drink. Well, I'm having a classic uh, Cuba Libra uh, for a couple of reasons. Uh, a, uh, we still have uh, rum left over from Cuba. <laughs> yeah, not much. Not much. <laughs> no. <laughs> and light rum. And we had limes. You can barely see them. They fall into the bottom. So I squeezed some lime juice, which is what you do. Cuba Libra, like free Cuba. I don't know how you free Cuba by drinking, but I'm going to try. <laughs> uh, we have, uh, Coke, uh, lime juice, and rum. Or Diet Coke if you're Yeah, if so inclined. Yeah. Not that you're fooling anybody by drinking Diet Pop with, you know, four and a half ounces of liquor. But <laughs> <laughs> so many fewer calories. Uh, it's cool. We started drinking, we started drinking these and mojitos in, uh, in Cuba and we've carried it on. By the way, my new job at Clorox every um, Friday, now Thursday, because we close Friday at noon uh, in the summertime, we have a, a virtual happy hour. <laughs> the whole company. That's uh, cool. Log on through uh, WebEx or Teams and everybody's on and you have to bring your own drinks. So I've been start drinking these um for the past uh, five weeks now at the um at the uh, clorox company social happy hour <laughs> so no, sorry there's cuba, is cuba libre a kind of rum no oh it's something else it's, it's a, drink. a drink it's a drink just a drink. Oh, that's the name of the drink. He, he's been asleep the whole time. Rum, so, Coke, and I've rum. already had it announced. <laughs> Not to be intellectually obtuse or anything, <laughs> but it's a drink called the Cuban <laughs> rum. The Cuban rum, lime okay. juice, and Coke. Lime, Coke, and rum. You can't just take any old rum and call it Cuba Libra. It has to be Cuban rum. Um. Oh, I'm sure that no. she was party. Yeah, am I the only one? You, no, no, Wendy. Oh, Wendy and Sebastian. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, um, after going to Ireland last year, I discovered that I prefer Irish whiskey to Scotch whiskey. And uh -huh. so this is a beautiful Irish whiskey called Method and Madness. And it's got ice in it. There you go. There you nice. Go. Straight. Now, very easy. Scotch whiskey is called Scotch. What do they call Irish whiskey? Irish whiskey. <laughs> wow. Charles, have you had Charles? Charles is not allowed to ask any more questions. <laughs> no more. I've had half an ounce you, of the three. You have. You have one more question left. Uh -huh. <laughs> okay. All right, Sebastian. What's yours? Okay, mine's a dark and stormy. Mm. Uh, it has. This is a. I love this ginger beer, this brand name. What is we'll it? get a sponsorship for you, Mom. Okay. It's Butterim. Butter, butter, butterim? Yeah, Butterim. I don't, I don't trust your reading. You were your how many? Butterim ginger. And it's, uh, this one has reduced sugar in it, so it's not as sweet. And I really like just the, the really spicy ginger flavors. So this is nice for me. And then it has uh, lime juice as well. Um, 
And uh, yeah, and a, and a dark rum. I don't remember which rum I used. You used? Uh, it was the, it's back there somewhere. Oh, oh. all those bottles. Yeah. I know, we went to the liquor store. We actually, where is that from? We socially distanced at the liquor store and got it's from gin and rum. Go, Guiana. It's Guiana. nice to have a change of scenery. Guiana rum. Yeah. Because I, I actually, in the summer, one of my favorite drinks is actually a gin and tonic with lime. Probably a gin and tonic. Or a vodka tonic. Yeah. Also, just because it is a bartender, I think, I don't know. Um, someone who used to be a bartender once told me this, that the glass you serve the drink in is also important. So we should each say what we are drinking our drink out of. And That's if it important? is significant. Because I had to be this for an hour, I actually have a beer glass for my drink. Rather, <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Rather, rather than a regular uh, tumbler that I would normally use for this kind of uh, thing. But I'd like to congratulate uh, Zach on the choice of a uh, gin martini rather than the hipster vodka martini. <laughs> Really? And uh, no, I it was a, a university thing because um, you know we were there during the whole heyday of mash, so everything was about uh, no. martinis at parties. And I actually went to a party with the uh, world's biggest martini, which is like one of those giant orange juice uh, containers. Oh dear. <laughs> With, with about half a jar of olives in it, and uh, we showed it a picture of uh, the label of, of vermouth, and then uh, <laughs> to make it dry, a dry martini, and then we uh, put the gin in, and uh, we went uh, to a party in our hospital scrubs. That's funny. Well, Zach went to, can I tell you a story? Yeah, in, in, 2000, in 2013, I dressed up as a Hawkeye Pierce for Halloween, and no one understood it. <laughs> except, okay. except the teachers. Except these crazy kids. No, one teacher, not even all of them. So in the end, I just, I was just a sleepwalker or something. I just, <laughs> I got rid of the martini glass and oh. just went with it. It was, a very, it was, it was not my best costume. Um, for me, for my glass, I am I am taking advantage of a trick. So I'm drinking my wine out of this mug <laughs> because if you've already sort of reached your reasonable amount of drinks, if you put it in a mug, it doesn't count. Because <laughs> people might think you're just having a coffee. It just doesn't. I don't, I don't think too much about what people think. I just, I just think it doesn't count. Okay. Well, we have various glasses in this. We have whiskey. Are these called a highball tumbler? Yes. Yeah. Ooh, and cut glass. They sound Good. beautiful with the ice cubes. Yeah. My ice melted. <laughs> <laughs> so. And I have to defrost our ice machine. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Is this, anyway. this going to become a home? Anyway, the other, the other. No, uh, it's going to become a yeah. The other Irish whiskey that Wendy has is really cool name. It's called Writer's Tears. Oh wow! Pretty dramatic. Very nice. Very I like Writer's Tears. And I bought the best, uh, the best name for a beer I've ever seen. I have, I've had oh, yeah. a couple called Hops and Robbers. 
<laughs> that's good. That's good. Well, from uh, drinks to food, what's the best? Uh, we've been in quarantine now since March 13th, about. And we've eaten a variety of things. What's the best thing you've eaten since you've been in quarantine? You could have made it yourself or bought it. Doesn't matter. Oh, that Paul barbecued steaks. That first really nice warm day we had, and they were awesome. He did them on the Traeger. They were the best. I cheated. I <laughs> <laughs> no, don't no, 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 no. from Outback or something. Cut that out. No, no, I actually. Um, I seared them on the other barbecue first oh. to get ahead of the game. So uh, and then I put them on the Traeger and I actually used the meat thermometer to get them at the right. And, uh, and our, our um, youth hostel that we have operating here uh, understood uh, that it took a little while to convince them that the uh, quality of food that they were actually eating that night it was yeah. something they're not going to see for a long time. <laughs> and what what is the the tra the Traeger? What is that called? Yeah. yeah, it's a it's a wood pellet barbecue. It's also a cult, though. Yeah, I didn't realize that I joined a cult when I bought it. Um, <laughs> it's a, it's like I get like three emails a day from Traeger. Oh about wow. recipes and this and this person bought one and I made the course. mistake of um, joining the Facebook group Canadian pellet grill enthusiasts or something I get everybody's got an uh, opinion on that but yeah it is one of these it's one of these uh, middle-aged man things right I went to a cooking class and it was like a bunch of guys and half of them dragged their uh, significant others with them <laughs> for this and it was like one of the women from the the food network oh okay and i did it i went fun hill and people drove from barry and kitchener and st thomas everything to come to this thing like, oh my gosh wow. and so yeah. it's it's a grill that works with wood pellets there's a hopper that feeds wood pellets into a burning uh chamber oh. it essentially operates like a, a giant barbecue convection oven Oh, okay. Cool. Okay, but a, a grill smoker kind of idea. Oh, I'm, I'm cool. Infuses the food with the uh, the flavor of the uh, various uh, wood pellets. I might have to join this cult. So, with the meat thermometer, how long did it take for the steaks? Oh, it takes a lot. It takes a lot of getting used to because on a regular barbecue, you would do a steak in like at the most, you know, 12, 15 minutes. Yeah. It takes about 40 minutes to do it on the uh, on the Traeger. If you buy really expensive thick ones, it could take an hour. Okay. Right. Low, low and slow is the theory, I guess, yeah. for that. So much flavor, yeah. though. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's a, it's a very different uh, deal. We did talk steaks on it. Would you have um, put, like, steak spice and stuff, or don't you know? Yeah, we, oh, yeah. The, the whole rub thing, that's another part of the... It's like one of the sacraments of the cult, right? You got to talk about the, uh, you got to talk about the rub, the rubs that they all make. You know, there's so many of them: coffee and poultry and and chipotle and all these sorts of things. We we have most of them. 
Sure. So I would like to say that Sebastian made, uh, we, we had ribs one night and, and I do them in the instant pot first and then we barbecue them. Oh, that's right. Those but, were, that's what I was thinking. But um, Sebastian made a rub for them for when they came out of the instant pot. Do you remember what you put in it? Now I'm put on the spot, so of course. Well, he said he wasn't going to write them down because no. he doesn't use recipes. It's, well, okay. It's, it was brown sugar, paprika, garlic powder, yes, onion powder. Don't look at me. I don't remember. And, salt. oh, and it was a, it was a salt, pepper. Or black garlic powder. And black garlic powder. Which was What's that? So black garlic is essentially like fermented, dried out garlic cloves, and they turn when they ferment and when they like get uh, dried out, they turn black. Wow! Yeah, yeah, you can buy black garlic. They're they're very expensive. You can do them at home if you have like a a dehumid or a dehumidifier. Mm -hmm. no. what, are, what are they called? Dehydrator. Yeah. A dehumidifier. No, a dry. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I think they're just moldy garlic. No, no, it's it's safe to eat. It's safe to eat. When I asked Sebastian what his favorite meal during quarantine was, he said all the meals I cooked. Hey, you want to rephrase that, Sebastian? <laughs> Not the meals I cooked. The meals he cooked. But, but those ribs, we did. So you did them in the instant pot. You cooked them all the way through with like pressure cooking. Yeah. And then we did them in the oven at like 400 oh, with, wow. with the rub um, kind of sprinkled on both sides. And they, they were so good. Because I made homemade onion rings that day too. Oh. Those were, that was a, that was a good day. That was like a classic barbecue style very, it was day. very good. Yeah. So what do you, what about you? My favorite. Okay, so... I remember the meal that we discovered them in, but anyway, I found a recipe for gluten-free non bread with yogurt in the batter, and it's perfect non. You can fold it, and it holds things without cracking open, like most gluten-free wraps. And Sebastian made a steak stir-fry. Oh no, it was doner. What did you it was doner. Doner meat. Whatever. So from from the Maritimes. It was very good. That was very good. Wait, Donaires are not, the Donaires Greek. Well, but it's you, you kind were, of, you were it started. Halifax Donaire, it's a thing. Yeah, Halifax Donaire. I took it's that, I did that recipe. I would like to say okay. that my like biggest Donaire. thing is that um, I used to, when I was cooking, love the fact that I could just run out to the store and get whatever I needed if I ran out of something. And I have really learned not to do that. Do you think so, that's going to stay with you, him? When I'm hoping so. Yeah. Because it's just easy, you know, and, and nothing, everything we've had has been fine. I've had to adapt certain things, but. Yeah, lots of substituting. Lots of substituting, but. Um, yeah, like the whole thing about, we've actually only been shopping about once every two weeks. Wow. So, like, that has been my interesting part. Because at the beginning, that was actually one of the things that bothered me, was that I didn't feel like I could really cook 
the way I like to cook because if I ran out of something, I couldn't just go get it. And now you're proving yourself wrong. And Sebastian said, doesn't matter. You just substitute and adapt it. And well, that's, that was one thing well with cooking. What frustrates me is like, being blocked and having to follow a specific recipe with like, you have to get all the ingredients exactly right. It just drives me crazy in baking. It makes sense. But I think in other cooking like dinners and other dishes, you don't have to be so exact, you know, just dump in a little red wine here, a little bit of whatever, like it'll work in some way. It will. I think we could no cooking. Like you have to be a little bit of an experienced cook. To you could create a new cuisine called pandemic fusion. Yes. <laughs> That's it. Definitely pandemic fusion. <laughs> like when you find the old roast beef in the freezer and you cut it into squares and marinate it and make, put it on skewers and it turned out pretty well, didn't it? Yes. Yeah. Those were good. What about you? Uh, who's, wait, who do we still Zach, Zach. what's your best thing you what guys did, And Wendy, here? did you like the steak too or something else? No, I think I started with the steak. Oh, you started, yeah, she with, started the steak. with the steak. Yeah. Uh, you're not supposed to make a meal out of it, but we made these really good ro um, rosemary shortbread cookies. <laughs> and they ended up being lunch. Nice. <laughs> so good. <laughs> so good. Just light and flaky and really tastes like rosemary. Wow. With a little rosemary plant, you sip, sip. Nice. <laughs> I made scale work too for the number of people we cook for. <laughs> for yeah. Uh, well, uh, yeah, I, you guys um, are feeding six mouths. Yeah. Right? So I actually made barbecue. I uh, barbecued the uh, uh, meatballs for pasta on the tray. Yes. Oh. oh. In, uh, that would be wait cool. barbecue me meatballs. Yeah. yeah. Okay, these were not meatballs. These were meat fists. <laughs> well, <laughs> right, so you take the uh, three um, the three mix with uh, and I use some lean ground beef extra as well to have enough volume. One beaten egg, breadcrumbs, uh, the kernels, eleven herbs and spices kind of thing, and you put it together, and then you make your meatballs, and you put them on a tin foil tray with the ridges and the holes. Right, the grilling, the broiling. Oh, with the holes. Yeah, and then you put it on, I put it on the Traeger for about 45 minutes and uh, at 300 and uh, we had, and you could see the uh, sort of tinge on it and the little smoke rings on the inside, it was perfect. Oh, beautiful. Yum. That sounds so good. <laughs> Meatballs in the barbecue, That's has, we haven't tried that. We should try that. It has been um, really, really, really um, nice to have better weather so that you can barbecue, like do something different. Like chili and soup and all that I'm done with now. And so <laughs> now it's like- Yeah, chili, chili is over. Yeah, chili is done. But it's so cold, it doesn't- No, chili is, we're done today. with chili. We're, okay, Sebastian was making a joke. You go, <laughs> oh, that's so funny. <laughs> Red bean cowboy chili is what we make in this house. And oh, yay. We won't be making that till September. Anyway. Made a chili with fava beans. They're so big. It just makes it feel like you have many different kinds of meat in your chili because they're so yeah. unbean-like in their heftiness. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
such an interesting way of describing fava beans. Unbean like in their heftiness. Well, better than better than Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So, what is the? Uh, did everybody get to share about their favorite food from? I think I like it when Sebastian makes me a bowl of popcorn at night. That makes me happy during pandemic time with butter. Yeah. On the stove. Yeah, uh, yeah not a microwave popcorn. That would be too easy, but uh, the, uh, the stove <laughs> method. And we did nachos on the barbecue the other night. Those were good because it was really, 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 really hot. We did nachos on the barbecue. So that was good. So, like, did you cook a meal, like an actual meal, not just cookies at some point? Usually every night, yeah. yeah. No, but oh. a good, like, a meal that stood out to you? Do you have to re ask the question again? Some really good buttered chicken, some really good oven nachos, all homemade. Um, had this really good, like, chicken and wild rice bowl. Lots of stuff. But the cookies are what stood out the most. Just oh. authentic. <laughs> Anything not, the, not the banana bread. Has everyone baked banana bread since they've been in pandemic? Yes, but I changed my banana bread recipe because I dispute Sebastian's claim that you've got to be specific <laughs> with baking. And I do, instead of all shortening, I use peanut butter and shortening. Nice. Oh. Okay, we are trying that. That's yeah, good. that's very that good. That looks like an IV bottle. Since I ordered... <laughs> Oh, Paul's bottle of rum looks like an IV bottle. It does. That's only because it's connected right to his blood <laughs> It did, like from here. That was it. That was the one that was the hospitality gift in our room. <laughs> yeah. That's oh, that's record. wonderful. That's we actually got two of them because we switched rooms and I kept the one from the first room we left. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I complained we didn't get one in the new room. And we uh -huh. drank the other one and we were hammered and we called our kid. <laughs> this this is being recorded <laughs> and and uh, well, we, old enough now. we were on vacation yeah and yep. uh, we called clara while we were like you know at four o'clock in the afternoon after we had like consumed most of a bottle of rum and, yeah. and she was uh she was suitably horrified <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Okay. So we pick up a pack of these, although this one's Brazilian or something, I think. I only have a few Cubans. So we are definitely making your peanut butter banana bread. That's I, happening. Mm -hmm. I make rhubarb pots today. Do you I don't know if my brother listens, but he used to make banana bread and they wouldn't bake it all the way through. And they liked it that way with a, a log of raw banana. <laughs> It was gross. A raw batter. I would. I have no trouble saying that out loud. It was gross. I, I said, oh, I'll cut the banana bread. And I cut it, and it oozed out onto the plate. And then they were like, that's great. Isn't that delicious? It's like pudding. No, it's not baked. No. So, but we yeah. actually, okay. And because I'm a master of good Catholic guilt, I had given up chocolate for Lent. Oh. And. So we, we only started putting chocolate chips in the banana bread after Easter. After. Oh, okay. okay. Well, I made my first plots today because that's a summer. Is it in the okay, nobody knows yeah. what plots is on the other. End so, of the <laughs> plots? 
Do you know what? <laughs> Look at this. I thought there was something else coming. <laughs> no, but no, no, we're friends. It's not. It's like that game Kerplunk. It's, no. Uh, no. <laughs> no. You make like a short crust, and you spread it out really, really thin, and then you drop. Today, I just dropped pieces of rhubarb all over it with nothing on them, just fresh rhubarb. And, and then, then you're supposed to sprinkle knubel all over it. But what? Knubel is a low German word, just as Platz is. <laughs> okay, what's knubel? It's the brown sugar. I don't know. Knubel, do? What is it? It was brown sugar and butter. Brown, brown sugar and butter and spices crumbled on top of the fruit. Oh. Okay, we call that breakfast. <laughs> and I'm probably saying it all wrong, but anyway. Anyway, I made plots today for the first nice. time. Well, that's okay. So I thought you said pot at first. <laughs> <laughs> I'm growing that. I don't have to make it. <laughs> but but, but for, for who any any uh, agents listening, we are have we have this, the right amount of plants. Yeah, we house. only have three. No, six, per, per nine. person. We don't have. We any. can have nine. We I'm just, well. She said we were okay. I'm growing. I grow my pot. So, what is the most? Um, oh, no, wait. I wanted to okay. tell you one. Last okay, one more thing. thing. Um because you can't just run out and get stuff. Really wanted brownie one night. And so I discovered Ricardo's online one cup cake things. And so there's one serving cinnamon rolls and cake and all sorts of wonderful dishes that you can make in the microwave under a minute. <sighs> wow. Yeah, it was awesome. Except you, probably, you made a one cup brownie in the microwave? I did. And it took like 60 seconds to make. Wow. Or 60 seconds to cook in the microwave. Right. And you stick, I know chocolate's not a big thing for you, but you mm. stick a thing of chocolate in the middle and it melts. And oh. It was like a little lava cake. Mm. Wow. It was awesome. Except they probably don't have gluten-free versions of those. I wouldn't think that it would be that difficult to just no. make, like the gluten-free flour to do yeah, probably. exactly the same thing. It, uh, it has no egg in it, so. Oh, yeah. that's nice. Cool. cool. So anyway. it's sugar chocolate and it's very cool. Zach, are you combing your hair right now? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm being vain. It looks terrible right now. I mean, the difference between There's, a good haircut and a bad haircut is six months, right? Yeah. It's not video, is it? No. Well. No, podcast doesn't. We were just recording audio and we were just be sending out an audio signal. So, so no, no I said it was being vain, not logical. So what is the most <laughs> exciting, amazing, heartwarming, terrible thing that you have heard someone say or do during this pandemic? Not you yourself, but someone else. <laughs> Well, I'm hoping that there was nothing that I did that we No, but something amazing. You might have done something amazing. So it can be positive or negative. It can be positive or negative. And it could be something they said or something they did. Today was the sixth consecutive Friday that with uh, Welland Kiwanis that we delivered uh, the afternoon coffee break to the four uh, uh, paramedic stations in Welland, for Colbert and Welland. Are in on Brookhoven and Fawn Hill, well in Heights. Sorry, I got that. Just to say thank and you. The, just to say thank you to uh, to the uh, paramedics who, by the way, were left off the first round of frontline workers getting the uh, wage bomb. Oh dear. 
until there was public outcry and two weeks later, the government reversed their decision and added them to the mix. But it was the mm -hmm. catalyst for me to uh, reach out to the chief and uh, Tim Hortons uh, and um, the club to see if we could do this. And for a couple hundred bucks over six weeks, is could we bring one of the carafes, a donuts, muff, or Tim bits and muffins and coffee for all the uh, uh, paramedics uh, in uh, in our uh, three communities. That's, That's nice. Cool. That's really cool. And today is uh, the last day of paramedic week, by the way. So go out oh, and have, that's go cool. the ambulance driver. Oh, so socially distanced. Socially distanced, appropriate. <laughs> Wear PPE first. Okay, so the most heartbreaking thing that I saw was our neighbors across the street on Easter Sunday. And the grandma and the grandpa came to bring them all their Easter things. And the kids were just like, we want to hug grandma and grandpa. We want to hug grandma and grandpa. And it was just, they were really good and they didn't. They put all the little gifts on the, you know, porch and the kids were far away. And like they did everything they were supposed to do, but it was just heartbreaking to watch them. Well, and you could hear in the grandparents' voices. The sad, the sadness, and but, you want also the faking of the being happy and being fine for the sake of the kids. And she took out these packages, and then she wiped everything down with a hand, with a hand, hand like a a wipe, and then went and put them on the porch. Like they did everything that they should do, like totally. It was just sad to watch it. I mean, it's not as sad as getting COVID nineteen, but. It was just, it made me, that was probably the most heartbreaking kind of, like, like it really brought it home. Yeah. We have a, a nest of, uh, that a robin had built uh, uh, in just under the eave for the front part of our house. And uh, the eggs have hatched so we can watch the mother go back and forth every day and feed the little heads popping up from the nest doing that and you see the pictures but uh, the lack of human uh uh invasion of the downtowns and all the other oh yeah places some of the wildlife has come back right you see foxes and yeah raccoons the size of small cars and stuff uh, <laughs> <laughs> Particularly in Toronto, right? Don't they go have to go down to City Hall to get a parking pass? Some of them actually the parking pass off the parking pass office is unfortunately closed, which if you're like me and you're looking to get a car, makes things a little complicated. Uh, you have opposable thumbs, can't they order one online? <laughs> oh, I, if you could, they would. Uh, yeah, but yeah, and there's also on, down on the beaches there's foxes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're everywhere. Wow. What about the rats? Have they come out now that the restaurants aren't? Well, actually, you know what? Did the uh, too many foxes? Rats. <laughs> yeah. Nature is in balance once rats. again. It's... That's hilarious. That's good. Anyone else? Heartwarming, crazy. I have a crazy one. Oh yeah, he has a very good crazy one. Um. So. <laughs> Sorry. I've been looking and applying for positions in different jobs and just looking on LinkedIn and online and 
Um, Facebook has a jobs option, which sometimes I scroll through just to see what's up. Sometimes there's a cool video job or sometimes there's like someone's like shooting a music video or whatever. So, um, so I found this, this job that was like full-time paid marketing video photo specialist. And I was like, I can do all that and it's paid full-time. Awesome. Love it. And there was no other, there was no more to, the, to that description. It was just that. So going off on kind of a, a like, I don't, like, why not? What, do I, what have I got to oh, lose? Stony Creek. It was in Stony Creek, to, to, so it was close. So it wasn't too far away. Um, and I applied and then I got a message back saying, wow, we're, you know, we're really impressed with your resume. And, looks good and let's set up a call and i was like okay cool cool and then so i get this call and it's not the it's it, the whole thing looked like a business like a, a large kind of organization it was one person <laughs> all right who knew her marketing well because yeah because they marketed really well so they obviously didn't need me um but um they wanted me and this is during like the pandemic, like in the first two weeks when things were really ramping up and people yeah. were. So she, she said to me, I want you to move in to, to my house with my parents, with, with my family. Oh, and then, oh, by the way, we we're originally from Germany and da, 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 and all this other stuff. But, and she wanted me to live with them. And my payment, my full-time payment was they would feed and house me for, but- and Until then, they stuff you into a shipping crate back to Germany. And I was like, and I was like, how do I, but this is, you said full-time, like, it, there's no money being, like, I'm, this is not, uh. <laughs> what's, and, the, what's the movie where the guy's tied to the bed and what's her name wants to chop misery. the tree off? What? Stephen King movie, Misery. Yeah, yeah. I would have been living that. <laughs> it made reminded me of that. Is um, this oh. either going to be like a misery type situation or like a lighthearted screwball miss that misses but the, the craziest thing about it, The craziest thing about it is she wanted me to just say, oh, and when we tell people that, you know, how we met and, and when you started working for me, we'll just leave out that it was during the pandemic. And I was like, uh, that's not, this close, how about we just, this if you're so worried ready. about what people think, let's not do it at all. <laughs> and, and, oh. and that's how that conversation kind of ended. And yeah, so. So he didn't move out. I didn't move out. Know. I didn't move in with some family that I have no idea who they yeah, are. It'd be interesting that she found some gullible yeah. person to do it. She said she was interviewing other people, which I was like, okay. <laughs> Until they find out what it is. Yeah, means. until they actually know what's going on here. So, I mean, there, it could, you know, there could be someone in the May world. May the force be with you. There could be someone in the world that would do that and be cool with that. But I was not that kind of person. So I, I'm wondering what the pro line over under is on the number of interviews before someone calls the police. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Wow. And, it was very a very misleading job posting. We'll just say I that. Think, I think I think I would you know the Vegas has it at five. I think yeah. <laughs> okay, but getting a job during the pandemic is not unheard of, right? No. 
Paul is one of those people who actually secured full-time employment even in the midst of and, the pandemic. And, and for a relatively high-end job. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. So yeah. I had a couple interviews before everything happened. And then the last two, the travel ban started. And then the last one uh, was just before California shut down. So they weren't allowed to come from Oakland to head office to Brampton to the Canadian office. So they asked me to do Skype for business interview. They said they couldn't dial in in the middle of Silicon Valley. They couldn't get on. Wow. So they end up doing my final interview on FaceTime on my iPhone. <laughs> I the iPhone. Amazing. Wow. Uh, a reasonably responsible job, six figures, you know, all this stuff. And I'd be interviewed. The fifth interview is being done on FaceTime. <laughs> Unbelievable. Because the technology was overwhelmed over there. Yeah, they could, they were blocked out, but this is like uh, unbelievable. But uh, I think this is the way we're going. That was going to be my question, by the way. What, yeah, what, we have to wait for questions. Zach, what have you seen? <laughs> Just the ongoing tragedy and insanity south of the border has really uh, uh, been looking at that a lot, especially in the last couple of days. Are it's, you hiding uh, your, your tears wearing sunglasses? Yes. <laughs> no, you're right. It's, it's honestly, it's a travesty. And uh, up to and including, I mean, today they're hiding. They, they, Twitter took down the tweet uh, from the president as endorsing violence. and Yeah. Which, yeah. Uh, as well as quoting a segregationist sheriff from 1967, I think, is the origin of that phrase, which I won't repeat. Um, but yeah, that uh, that is quite something, and and it makes me sort of wonder how you how you come back from that. Which don't want to think about anyway. <laughs> no, it's it's pretty terrifying. What's well, my story is well. In general, I have a heightened sense of. Um, trying to avoid ending up in the hospital for anything other than the virus, right? Like <laughs> car accidents, bicycle accidents, yeah. you know, broken arms, yada, yada. Not that we do any high, that many high impact things, but well, Sebastian a bit. But we were out on a walk and we met two guys, which were obviously not from the same household with about six dogs, all off leash. And they were running around and they ran right up to us, which made both of us very uncomfortable. Yeah. And Pam said something first to the guy. And uh, I just said, <laughs> You're shocked, Wendy. <laughs> All I said was, He said, Don't worry, the dog is friendly. And I said, I don't want the dog near me, friendly or not. And I would appreciate it if you would obey the sign that says, please keep your dog on a leash. That's what I said. And then I he started to argue, oh, no, I looked up the bylaws. We don't have to have the dogs on a leash. And I, and, and I said, well, if that's the case, then it's just courtesy to have it on a leash. And he said, well, people are dying from, oh, I don't know. Anyway, it was just 
I was bitten by a dog when I was nine, and I'm a little bit terrified of big dogs like, uh, like these were. And um, and full disclosure, I love. But dogs. there's a sign that says "by blah 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 blah," unless because they were on the road and not on the path. That was what the rule was. Yeah. It doesn't matter. The reality is the pandemic hasn't changed whether or not people are going to be self. No. There have been some absolutely wonderful stories in the news about people doing amazing things. And a um, friend of mine's grandson had his birthday party and the local fire department down in Niagara on the Lake drove by his house and tooted their horns. And, you know, at first I thought, what are these birthday parades? But it, it's a small gesture for somebody who's marking something. Um, you know, I think of the day that it snowed back in March. Yeah. I took Claire outside and she said, I don't want to go outside in the snow. And I said, look, it's a pandemic and you're living through a pandemic. And now you can tell your children and your grandchildren that not only did you have to stay in a house with six people, but it snowed. It snowed, and your mother made you go outside. <laughs> it's these yeah. milestones. It's the recognizing of the humanity in each one of us. It's the fact that we get to spend a little more time with those we love. Maybe getting to know more about them than we wanted. <laughs> well, and I also think that all these things about like porch visits and drop-offs and all these kinds of things. We never thought of doing any of that stuff before. Like we didn't do that for people before where I dropped off all kinds of things on different people's porches that I would have never, right? you know. I never saw anyone on their porch and I see all kinds of folks on their porch all the way down mm -hmm. my street. It's great. Right, that's right. Yeah. That, that is the other thing is you are seeing people just out and about walking and stuff that like the first two weeks of it when we'd go for a walk every day all of a sudden the pathway near our house had people and we had to go out of our way to avoid each other and smile and say hello and yeah yeah so, so many little interactions like that all over the place oh I actually want to add an answer I'm going to cheat and answer this twice with something I personally not just on the internet but it was something I personally saw 11 p.m. two weeks ago I see a light shining through we have like a privacy like screen on the, over the window light shining through it. and I think oh it's just my neighbor's cell phone camera trying to like look in their car for something but then it shines through again and again and I kind of look through and there's someone dressed all in like a white like a painting like like the stuff professional painters wear the plastic jumpsuit yeah. and with a headlamp on his head looking through our recycling. Oh. Okay. Not not and I mean sometimes people look through your recycling. I mean it's the city. Um people experiencing homelessness will go through and try Yeah, and we had a guy coming down our street. But that's not what this guy was doing. He was not he didn't seem to really take anything or anything I could see. He's just looking through it. And then he turns around and goes and talks to his buddy, who's also dressed like this with a headlamp, walking down the street at 1130 at night. And I'm Weird. like. Yeah. Pregnant. Like, I'm, not, I'm not going to investigate this, but I know who can. So <laughs> uh, 
called, called the police. Uh, yeah, and and uh, they they haven't been back. Um, <laughs> That's odd. I just I figured if it's if it's anything, I mean, if it's harmless, whatever. If it's the worst it could be, maybe they're like trying to find people's like a bank statement. They're trying to find like a tax form. They're trying to find something to steal someone's identity that they didn't shred. Right. Maybe he was an author and he had lost the manuscript from his novel that he wrote when he was living in your apartment three years ago. And he had no writer's tears to drink. That's right. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. And you have to pull a Alexander Slice and, and bury it in jars in your backyard. So, and then dig okay. it up later. So has anybody got any... So has anybody got anything amazing, silly, ridiculous that you've done yourself during the pandemic? Or wonderful or hilarious or hmm. you haven't tried to uh, trim your cat's hair, have you? That's it, we got a cat. You did get a cat, that was pretty cool. After two years, almost two years without yeah. After our last cat passed, and we swore we'd never get a long-haired cat, we have a beautiful long-haired cat now. <laughs> <laughs> See wonderful. what pandemics do to you? <laughs> What's her name? Uh, getting a cat during uh, this uh, COVID challenge is really kind of interesting. It It's very similar to a drug deal now, right? <laughs> you... Uh, <laughs> You, okay, you, buy, you, you order the cat online. <laughs> <laughs> like it's like going through like uh, one of those dating profiles. Apparently you keep swiping <laughs> like and then you click on it and then you, you know, you send your payment information to the Humane Society. They give you a time. You show up with a little cat carrier and you leave it there and push a button. Right, and tell them, you know, you put your name on top with the little paperwork you printed off. And the brown and, paper bag. And then you <laughs> wait, they come out a couple minutes later with a cat inside. And then you go away. And it had the cat has all the information, you know, they're holding it close. Like, you know, they, they open up their little cat jackets and there's watches. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cat jacket for the cat. And we brought the cat. And this cat is probably doubled in size in the six weeks that we've had our wow, wow. and uh, this is a very uh, happy very graceful uh, cat like it like for something that's lived in a cage for most of her life this cat is really really um, athletic hmm. that's and wonderful. it's uh, and affectionate it's like a puppy you yeah. can't get over how uh, nice this cat is and it follows everybody like it takes turns during the day about who it's going to shadow <laughs> through the house it's hunting you yeah so, so anybody else do anything amazing anybody zach what's your most amazing thing you've done since you Oh, I, I, I got some some cheap like dollar store toothbrushes and I've been cleaning the grout of the tiles. Exactly. <laughs> oh, when you're done, take clear nail polish and put it on top of the grout and it stays for like six months. It's awesome. Not, not that I 
<laughs> okay. It's a I'll great do that. It's awesome. It's a I'll do exactly that. That's good. That's good news. I said plus the smell of the fingernail polish for while you're painting it on the grout is great. Put in a confined I don't mind it. get stoned. I um I just said I've cleaned all the windows, I've washed all the curtains, I've sorted all the boxes in the basement. I literally don't have, I can't think of anything else that needs to be cleaned, sorted, or done in this house right now. Well, we've ordered some major renovations to the house. Yeah. And in getting ready for that, we have uh, the gang of kids that painted the fence with all this graffiti that's been there for almost three years now since Clara left to go to McGill. We have armed them with various, various um, safe chemical um, products to remove all said paint from the, uh, from the fence. And we're almost done with that project before we- Nice. Paint. So yeah, I don't think they were very happy. Um, <laughs> that. We had all four of them actually working in the yard at the same time. That was a really good thing to celebrate. Yeah. That is very that is. good. What about you, Sebastian? What's your big thing? Cooking I, a new job in Stony Creek. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cooking no. too tall for my kitchen. Well, no, that was, so for two weeks I had, because of my work being live streaming in sports, I had no work for like two weeks. And so, because I had to shift into remote editing and other things and finding other work. So I found other things and other work. But in that two week period, I did do a multi-cam show, a multi-cam cooking show, which was pretty fun. And I got two episodes done before I got other work. So that was my, that was my goal. I just put, made my, kept myself busy and working in my industry and kept my skills up. And I think what you're doing right now with the way Niagara College is handling grad is pretty yeah cool yeah we're all we're, we're 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 in the college we're very socially distant we are working in studio as much as we can um, and or remotely as much as we can um, just uh, piecing things together for an awesome live grad live stream grad celebration for everyone it's gonna be pretty pretty cool so it's kind of a cool idea yeah the other thing is sebastian being able to position it as wow you guys get to participate in the first online live grad how exciting is that it's it's pretty cool yeah, yeah. it's yeah. so it's so different and it's so weird going into studio and setting lights and and kind of looking around and like oh wait it's just me here and like there's no like I'm I'm going off of a diagram that someone emailed me that we talked about in a Zoom meet. Like it's a complete new way of thinking about production and and piecing these together. So it's and and the really cool part about the grad that I think is awesome is the president is gonna be as live as possible. He's gonna be there doing it live, presenting with a teleprompter like a television show like a live TV, like a live news broadcast. We're, we're, we're talking about the filming, not his general condition. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay, so, so just between us, Sebastian, mm -hmm. 
No, actually, it's going to be out for like a whole bunch. Of <laughs> do you do anything funny when you're by yourself in those recording studios? Like, do you do pranks or antics? Do you get up to shenanigans? I mean, I definitely throw on a playlist on the uh, speakers okay. and definitely, uh, what is it, the in that, what's that one movie where Tom Cruise slides, business. slides in? Risky business. You can I, even I, do it in your underwear well, at college. Security, security is still there. So <laughs> they would walk in and be like, oh, <laughs> wrong studio, sorry. <laughs> oh. I want to thank This you. is one of those arty art films. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, so who, has, who has a question for the crowd? Oh, questions. Well, no back problem. to what uh, yeah, Sebastian was talking about. What, how much of this um, sort of work situations that we have now are going to continue as we open up, like legacy-wise? I know that slowly we'll get back to... Um, we're slowly starting easing people in, but it, will it go back to close to what it was before or will we stop at a different place and have more people work distantly and collaborate electronically and do that? Or will we eventually evolve back to uh, where we were with people in offices and shops and in fact? Yeah. I mean, I, th I think with, with my situation, I, I enjoy working this way more because I don't have to deal with, you know, eight ideas at once. You don't have a big room of people telling you what to do. It's just you there. And, and, it, and it's everything's more organized. But I think to your question, like, I think we will in production in my work, we will go back to North. Like we have to because the speed is what people need in, in production. And because it's only me in studio, it takes four times as long to get something done because it's just me. So eventually I think in production we'll have to get back or people are just gonna have to be more patient and that's fine too. Like just make longer deadlines, don't make projects these tight, tight deadlines and don't make them impossible. Like if, if people adapted that way, Producers you know, have to be better at producing. It's, it's instead of, you know, thinking about the short term and getting that project done really quickly, it's thinking about, okay, how can we spread this project out and get it done with less people, more time? I think there's going to be more online working than, yeah. bef than before. I think that um, there's going to be more online working. There's going to, and I think that we, I mean, my personal opinion is that this is we're here for the long haul with this that you know things are not going to really get back to normal until like 20 the end of 2021 like next summer maybe when we're thinking about the olympics or the canada games maybe but i don't i don't even know I'm not even sure i don't think it's ever going to be what it was no, I think it's, uh, there'll be a new normal and those people that are already showing that they can adapt and are innovative or innovative as the Brits say. <laughs> um, I just love that word, innovative. Um, innovative. <laughs> it's just a fun word to say, innovative. 
Um, I think when that, you're drunk. Yeah, I'm not drunk. <laughs> anyway, it's on the right side of the table, the, like the entrepreneur mentality, the how can we pivot 180 degrees or 72 degrees, whatever it is, and do something different. I think the pivoters and all them are going to lead us into new things, new ways of doing things. I think relationally, as far as physical distancing and stuff like that, I would say within five years, people will be shaking hands again. And you don't think so? No, I really don't. Well, back, well, well I would, be, I would think great. Sorry, Zach, what? Once we have a vaccine. Also, I wanted to thank you for in your, in your remarks, just noting 180 degrees because many people will call for a revolution, but a revolution is in fact a 360 degree turn after which you end up facing the same direction. <laughs> and you're stuck in the same yeah. pile of, you know what. Yeah. But yeah, uh, if we'll have a vaccine in the next two years or so. It's yeah. people I mean, I would be fine if we would do like the Japanese and the Koreans and, and figure out, a, like just bow. Like you don't need to touch hands actually. Bow is a very classy greeting. It's, it's just so funny to think that like I was given tips from for interviews on, you know, how that handshake yeah. <laughs> could be. You know what I mean? Like that was an interview tip of, of when you meet the person, that first impression, that first handshake, you, you should be strong with your first handshake. And then it shows you're a confident, like it's, it's totally out the window. I do like the fact that we have um, found some ways to be a bit kinder to our senior citizens. I do like that. Yes. I think this has um, revealed that, you know, seniors need like the, the, a lot of the stores that have the seven to eight in the morning when seniors can go in and shop and be safe and feel, you know, better about that. I know a lot of the people that I know who are in their 70s are really happy to take advantage of that and it helps them. And I know that it's been very tragic with our old folks homes, but I think that had to come out because we have to well, it was we always... have to treat people better. We have That was my question. Are you personally going to be different from this? Are you personally going to be different after this is over. Good segue. Yes. Take the other question into the other question. It was good. Thank you. You can be an interviewer. Thank you. you I, have, I mean, I you have, are, you do have a part in interview. Yeah. You are in the show. You should have a podcast. It is the show. Yeah. yeah. You have a Sorry, we're going to cut that part so, out. So, um, no, no, we're not editing anything out. But are you personally going to be different? I know I'm personally going to be different from this? I, I think we're going to look at things differently. I don't know how much different you're going to be. I think that uh, it's great that you say that, that you're going to be more aware of uh, what what's around you and how people react. But I think culturally, uh, you're going to have a hard time because, you know, we're social, social things, right? And a lot of what we did as a society required people being together in groups like you know all the community events and festivals sporting mm -hmm. events you know going to the movies all those kind of things are going to need to be rethought for the next year or so and how you do that and how do they how do we come back from that 
you know, all those people that have jobs and livelihoods based on on those things. On organizing yeah. these events. And yeah. Oh, yeah. Movies and theaters and I listen to a lot of podcasts by conference speakers and yeah. their work has pretty much gone to artificial video stuff like this, but the dynamic of speaking to a crowd of a thousand in a convention building rather than on a camera to a webinar where you can't get any feedback, it's really hitting everybody in a weird well, Josh does improv comedy in Philadelphia and your there's, nephew. Yeah, they're still doing um, improv, but they're doing it online. And he said it is so difficult. I there, bet. There's not that. Well, it's like Jimmy Fallon doing his um, monologue, and there's nobody laughing at him. And every once in a while, he'll say to his wife, Oh, the, because she's filming him, oh, the um, iPad is shaking, you're laughing at what I'm saying. Like, thank you for laughing because nobody else is. But I think- That's true. I, it, is, it makes it kind of a sad- It is. <laughs> but I personally have, I've, I mean, I've, first of all, I've had a chance to do a lot of really deep reading that maybe I wouldn't have done. And I personally will not be the same person after this like just my outlook on life my reality my sense of knowing who i am like i will not be the same person on the other side of this but i think that your core values are still the same Pam. my core values for sure but um how you express them and i think hope oh, hopefully we think maybe of others a little more I, I mean, I like to think I was a pretty thoughtful person. I don't think she means that you're going to no. think more of other no, people. No, I don't. <laughs> no, but, no, no. I've never thought of other people till now. No. <laughs> That's not what you meant. No, I... The opposite. We I just changed our priorities, though. Like, you know, it yeah. used to be really important to me two months ago to watch the late-night sportscast, and now... I'm angry that they're to. thinking about resuming. Yeah. Well, we're going to have a yeah. 2014 NHL playoffs to complete the season for our TV contract. I don't care. Mm. Like I'm actually yeah. kind of mad. Wouldn't like, you, you know, say then that's a bit of a? Wouldn't you say that's a bit of a change then in your? Well, not who you are, but your. No, it's a different of priorities. Doesn't mean I don't. Right. You know it's. Uh, you know, it, it's it, people are looking at what's important differently. Like it changes you, but it it changed the way you work through a day, mm -hmm. yeah. right? And and uh, what's important. I like, think you're it, right, Sebastian. It's we're going to be moving slower, yeah. and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Or we're going to be more conscious of the choices we make when we are faced with. But I, I think as more people stay home, Sebastian's industry is going to be challenged because they're already running out of content. Yeah. Uh, I'm not. You look at all the all the TV shows and even with Netflix, they're buying stuff that they need subtitles with because you know, the stuff that they had commissioned is not getting finished. I yeah. have puppets. Yeah. <laughs> and, and how do you catch up? Yeah. Um, so yeah, you basically lose that. 
time. You can't really catch up. Yeah, something interesting that I'm I'm working on a, a project that's still in the process of like I'm I'm an edit I'm an editor on a, a TV show pilot um, that's that you've signed a that I yeah I've signed <laughs> I've signed a non-disclosure agreement so I can't really talk about what specifically the project is about but um, another feeling but it's essentially a, a TV show based around Zoom. Um, and based around characters uh, living through quarantine. So that's as much as I can say. Um, did you so, watch The Circle? I did watch The Circle. Which, it is a very good movie. Yeah. I don't, for, for me, like, I've had to learn, well, not learn, like, from the start, but, like, get much better at, like, time management with being at home all the time. Because, like, there is nothing to really start your day like there's no subway ride I never thought I would miss getting on the subway <laughs> as much as I do but I do I really do it's um just that sort of routine of like now is work now is lunch now is work again I can go home like that's and that sort of destructuring see and I'm, I'm this that's so funny because I'm used to the complete destructure because one day you know I'm driving to Toronto to work at six in the morning the next day I'm editing till three in the morning or something like, like my days are so like, I'm used to this. This is like, this was kind of my schedule just all over the place. So that's interesting. Yeah. Anybody yeah. else have a question? I have a question. What's the first thing everyone will do when the lockdown is lifted that you can't currently do? I want you to come for dinner. <laughs> my child. I would like to have you in my house for dinner with your significant other. That's what I would like. I think I want to go and hug some friends. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I'm going to help some people pack so they can move. see. <laughs> 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 that was the best line of the night. Passive aggressive. Yeah. That is absolutely the best line of the night. Honestly. Oh. How some people pack. That is good. Yeah, I think that it becomes quite evident that um, uh, I put on my Facebook right now the things that are really important are not things. And I think that's what. You know, I, my little friend, in my little, she's not little, <laughs> my friend in Grimsby and her little guy, like I've seen him on his porch and I take, took him his little overalls, but I can't hug him. And he just looks at you like he's one years old now. Right. And he's like, why won't it, his look, his face is almost like, like, why won't you pick me up? Why won't you, you know, because I play, I always played with him and, so I, I think that whole idea of what is, you know, your priorities and what is really, really important is, you know, has really come to, to light that the whole relationship piece of your life is, for me anyway, it's very important. Pam, did you read Faux by Ian Reid? No, I will though. I think you should. It's a sci-fi kind of, uh, Ian Reid is an Ottawa author. And um, 
and it's really interesting because he looks at relationships and how relationships change. It's a dystopian kind of novel. I'm not great with dystopia, but I would, I read pretty much anything. It's, but I, I, the book, I mean, yeah. I mean, I have it. I'll lend it to you. It's it's the relationships. It's the understanding each other. The time. Wow. But I mean, uh, I have more of a desire to to understand. And I read something um, interesting lately about um, you need your imagination in order to understand each other because you need to be able to imagine yourself as somebody else and how they're feeling. Which is why fiction is so important to read. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. a little plug. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, just uh, on that, you know, if you've seen the memes about the difference between your dog and cat dealing during a pandemic, your dog is all happy that you, you quit your job to spend more time with them and your cat's like, why don't you get a job, you loser, and get out of the house? <laughs> <laughs> why are you home all the time? Yeah. I know, that's hilarious. That's good. Any but other questions? I have the a very question. first thing. You want to answer the question first? Yeah, the very first thing. The very first thing. The first thing of many things that I want to do is get a haircut. Oh yes. <laughs> See, I I did an, one of those Instagram polls, and I posted a selfie, and I said, "Should I cut my hair?" Basically, and everyone voted no. Everyone, like well, yeah, because they know you'll do a terrible job. What? <laughs> they know you'll do a terrible job. Yeah. I still didn't hear you. You can't cut hair. You do a terrible oh, job. No. no, but I don't think I that's cut his hair. Pretty but I thought, too. but I thought it was because oh my, my long hair looks good. In the photo, I think he's crying of the last time. No, he did after that. He after the uh, the real heroes of the pandemic will be uh, after all the first responders will be all the hairdressers and barbers that repair all the DIY haircuts that people do. <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> it. So thoughts and prayers. Any other and, questions? Well, a comment though. Do you think that people will um, have more respect now? Uh, it's been very, you know, uh, cool to be cynical about our public institutions. But now that we've had some of our our first responders and our medical officers of health and so on step up and do a fairly good job, do you think that people will take a more um, uh, educated look at government and understand what our institutions mean and you think that that'll stick with us after we've come out of this I sure hope. i don't think anyone would have even known who the medical chief medical officer of health was before covid19 and now it's on tv every single day yeah <laughs> seb is seb is raising his hand and pointing to himself yeah i i had no idea who it was i'm being completely honest i, no, no I hope so like our uncle toby I hope so. But I also have a feeling like people say that people really aren't changing during the pandemic. Those who were not so nice, their not so niceness is showing even more. And those who were nice are being nicer. So I'm just concerned when things slide back to normal that the not so nice people are just going to cruise along, continuing with their bad attitudes. And their, like I was very. Yeah. One of, one of the things that upset me 
about the public other than watching south of the border stuff was the big group of people in the park in toronto and i wasn't so much like oh you guys are stupid or whatever for me it was like i hope none of you clapped your hands for a first responder i hope none of you banged your pots for them because that's a hypocrite because if you're in that park you're going to make the work day, the work weeks, the work months longer for our first responders. So I just thought it was a very big lack of respect. And I was more ticked off at them than rolling my eyes and thinking how stupid they call them the COVID idiots. Yeah. Yeah, COVID idiots. <laughs> uh, but the, you know, with people staying at home and watching and being more, you know, consuming more of the news, do you think that people will remain as engaged? when they come when we come out of this i sure hope so i i think it's made people search for the true news harder i think part of it has made people like because there's a, a lot of articles that go out on social media and all these places but i know me i would kind of like scroll through and like read a post or something and be like that's news i don't know if i believe it but i don't care because it's not really you know whatever but now, if I see an article about COVID, I'm like digging deep. Is this article true? Is the facts yeah. in the article true? Are the symptoms true? I want to know specifics, right? Right. Before I did, like I read the article, true. I was like, okay, don't really, you know. But now I'm I'm doing a deeper dive into research myself. I find myself doing that. That's cool. Do anybody else have a question? I have a question. I don't, for Zachary's answer, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of like a happy homebody. So, <laughs> so when, when things are lifted, I don't know what the first thing I would jump to do would be. Did Except, you have tickets to see a play? Go see the play. No, they already refunded Go see that. the plague? The plague. Oh, I was like, we, <laughs> we had tickets to Shaw Festival, but. Yeah, no. Oh, do you have tickets? We have. We have your dad now. Whoops. Yeah. I we, tickets to an Arkells concert. I've seen live theater, but we I'm going to go shoot with like close up with someone. <laughs> <laughs> I thought other than your parents. Yeah. Um, other than your parents. I don't know. I I never really liked going to the gym, but I like having the, being able to go into places that were like totally normal to go into and then now you just can't. I guess so, it feel weird to go to those places. Yeah. And like my uh, my coordinator at work uh, had to go into her office for whatever reason mm -hmm. and she took pictures of everybody's work desks and sent them to us. It was Frozen. the weirdest. Oh, wow. Feeling to think it's been nine weeks and who knows how much longer it's going to be till I actually get to my office. And there's a couple of things that I wish I had grabbed to bring home. And now I, I can't really justify going in for. I may never meet anybody I work with until. The <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's a, that is a little weird. And, you know, like uh, I've never met like anybody like I've all, all uh, pictures of people like, like this. Yeah. This is how I uh, interacted with all these people at Clorox, including, you know, some of the uh, stakeholders that we have to deal with, right? We're dealing with that. I dealt with uh, Zach, a couple guys from Minister Yurik's office uh, last oh, wow. week, you know, Isaac and uh, Jonathan and, 
and those guys. And you know, this is what the way that you know people in uh, Ottawa and, and and you know city of Edmonton and everything. It just it's all been like this. Now I'm sure that the, the finance people are thrilled that I'm not on an airplane or billing for yeah. mileage. But the like, how do you how do we recapture that after? Because you know this a lot of these businesses are about relationships you build with connections with people. Yeah. yeah. You know, well, it's, it's going to be proof that you don't you don't need to fly to meet someone to connect with. Like you know, if if you can connect with them digitally, maybe it's not the same way. Well, we have to wait and see long term though about trust factors and like yeah. whether you because you can't read body language. You can't you know if the mics yeah. are muted so much of the time. Well, and some people aren't even comfortable like. In your oh, I, I have some students that I just see their eyes and their bangs. Yeah. They don't want to show their full face. Yeah. Um, and, um, the, 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 the boys won't remember this. You might not have remembered it either, Charles, but the Jetsons, the cartoon, the Jetsons. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the Jetsons. Yeah. The, um, Jane had a cardboard cutout of herself to put in front of the phone before she got ready in the morning so she could talk to her friend. Yes, that's right. <laughs> And every time I see people yeah. shut their video off from a group, uh, no. I'm thinking, you know, what a great idea to have sort of that uh, that cardboard uh, cut of themselves to in front of the camera so that uh, you can keep talking. Yeah. Well, what some what some people have done in that case is they line up. Uh, their phone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, they line up. Their, they shoot a. They shoot a video of themselves on their phone this way, and yeah. then they put it in front of the webcam and they loop it. Yep. So, so they. So they're. You know. They're switching. Brilliant. They might switch positions. They might be writing something down and looking in the camera, nodding. But it's just a looped video. Wow. That's smart. I've seen that. Done. I, I think. I think we'll be back. There's, I walked down, um, I oh, took a really, wow. really long walk. <laughs> That's from a while back. That's great. That's, That's so great. cool. That's my uh, geek trapped in a model's body uh, picture. <laughs> <laughs> I, took, I took a really long walk because I live sort of north, I live north of Bloor. So I walked all the way down to the harbor front. Oh. And, um, and I looked across and uh, at the island airport and all of the porter planes are parked. There's yeah, like 24 of them parked on the on the on the tarmac. Yeah, like I th I think they'll be back at some point. They'll be they'll be flying again. I cannot imagine them just staying there parked for. Oh, just three three evenings ago, I saw jet streams in the sky, and I was like, oh wow, I those again. I think Porter might be in trouble. I don't think people are gonna risk being on a plane because they. Uh, they make all their money, people coming back and forth from Ottawa for meetings in the same day. So <laughs> I heard that there are people that have already booked themselves on cruises for November. No. That's a terrible idea. A cruise is, a cruise was always, I mean, if it's not coronavirus, it's norovirus. And if it's not norovirus, you're drifting through the sea without power at a 45 degree angle. No, I, <laughs> I know for a fact that there are people that because cruises, of course, are offering amazing deals. Yeah, it's like 129 bucks for a seven night. <laughs> you know? What? So Sorry, it wasn't seven. It was a four night round trip where you don't stop at any because none of the island, uh, like, 
like no small country in like that's like an island nation is letting any cruise ship anywhere near it because yeah. uh, their medical system would not be able to take it they um they just leave miami go for four days in the sea and then come back to miami that's apparently what they're doing but I, you know, the problem with cr cruise ships is the central air system. All the cabins, it all ties together. Like it's well, they had just they so had stupid. to stop school. So dumb. They had to stop school in Quebec because of the heat wave because they can't use fans in the classrooms, so they closed their schools because of the heat wave. So I think I think, and I mean, we could talk about this, but school is a whole nother ball game. But anyway, so I have a question. Yes. What are people optimistic about for 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 the for the next year and the year after and then the years after? I have enough yarn and enough patterns because I've done all my sorting of these things to last me at least a decade. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yarn wow. took on a whole new meaning. I see. I, I just picture I just picture all the knitters trying to just right now do the perfect time to well a couple of weeks ago to start knitting the longest scarf and okay. see how far you could get. <laughs> there's probably someone doing that. There's a lot there's a lot of new knitters and new crocheters coming yep. into the craft. I'm very optimistic actually that I think that entrepreneurs are going to like businesses will fold but i think that there's a lot of innovative people in the world and i think new businesses will arise and really different things will come up and i think that the economy will revive and and you know because you have to think like there's been wars there's been all kinds of things that have happened in the world and and the world economy has revived and i, I believe that we're going to come back from this and we some businesses that existed before this won't exist anymore but there'll be new amazing things and you know and i hope that i guess my you know my personal thing is that i hope education actually um evolves to help kids be more innovative and look at life differently how do you say that so innovative innovative whatever <laughs> because yeah, I, I thought you were joking <laughs> such like, an inspiring sentence ruined by my silly words sorry so that's what i think that's, that's what makes me optimistic i mean before this even started i was trying to write a pitch to the college or to some education, educational institution uh, to do um, a way of showing or, or having a, a pre-set up kind of tech thing where you could go in and have your lecture, have your class, have whatever it is taped. Um, but uh, I didn't, uh, I, I was going through some tech specs with uh, and making it simple enough for everyone to work with and that was where it became challenging. So I kind of hit a roadblock there, but it's but possible. That is going to change Sebastian, because I don't think that that, if, if we have to move and do post-secondary online, even secondary online, who wants to sit there and watch somebody else talking or reading a book for 
Yeah. Like the whole thing about innovation and, and changing how we approach, um, you know, how do you, Harvard Business Review had this great thing about innovative and problem solving and said, so if somebody gave you a basketball and asked you to transport live coals, how would you do it? Yeah. And, and how would you do it? Um, their answer is you deflate the basketball and you can make it into a bowl and transport the coals that way. But if we don't start thinking outside of what we're used to, what our normal is, then we're not going to adapt. Right. Yeah. Well, an on that, that, Wendy, is where we're going to leave it. So um, <laughs> we have to start thinking outside our box in order to adapt. And that's where we're going to leave it. But um, so this ends. No room for phonies. Cocktails and conversation. Thank you to everyone for being part of this amazing event. Yeah, we'll do it. We'll do a sound effect for you. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. Hey, cheers. Cheers to friends who will maybe soon be together. <laughs>